Welcome to Bench Talk, the week in science. My name is Dave Robinson. And I'm Ashley Best. You're listening to WFMP Louisville, 106.5 FM. This show's about bringing science to the people. We'll be bringing you weekly updates on new research that is important to all of us and celebrating evidence-based policy. We've scoured the library stacks for interesting articles, climbed the hill to stay informed on science policy, and performed some experiments of our own. We're here as a conduit of all things science. So, let's get started. The environment. Now, just about everyone knows that we have the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, that's working at the federal level to protect the environment and us. And at the state level, we have the Kentucky Department of Environmental Protection working to protect the Commonwealth's natural resources and environment. But what about at the city level? Who is responsible for defending our environment and us here in Louisville? Well, from what I can gather, there appears to be several Louisville government agencies involved in that kind of thing. There's the Air Pollution Control District, the Department of Public Works, Brightside, the Department of Health and Wellness, Planning and Design, Develop Louisville, the Division of Community Forestry, the Metro Parks Department, the Jefferson Memorial Forest, and then there's the Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability. Well, what's going on in the Louisville Government Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability, you ask? Well, to answer that question, we're going to broadcast a lecture today that was recently given at Bellarmine University by Dr. Allison S. Smith. Dr. Smith is the Brownfields Program Manager and the Community Engagement Strategist for Louisville's Metro Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability. To tell you a little bit more about Allison Smith, she received both her bachelor's and Ph.D. degrees in biology from the University of Louisville. Her doctoral dissertation was about zooplankton in freshwater lakes and streams, and she did her postdoctoral work at the Center for Environmental Policy and Management in the UofL Department of Sociology, where she published on topics like housing and farmers' markets. But Dr. Smith has been working for Louisville Metro since 2015. And she spoke at Bellarmine University on October 17, 2019, as part of Bellarmine's sustainability series of lectures that they've been having by local experts on the environment. This is a real interesting talk. Dr. Smith provides an overview of Metro Louisville's sustainability efforts, including addressing climate change through emissions reductions and adaptation, brownfields redevelopment, outreach to the community, the urban heat island effect, and environmental justice. Now, we won't be able to hear her entire talk at Bellarmine in this one episode, so we'll broadcast the second half next week on Bench Talk. So, here is Dr. Allison Smith speaking on Louisville Metro's Action on Sustainability. Thank you, Martha, very much for the invitation. I'm thrilled to be here at Bellarmine. So I'll tell you a little bit about my background and how I got where I am. I took kind of an odd career path. I did my PhD at UofL in the biology department. I am by training an aquatic ecologist. So my dissertation was on climate change effects on freshwater food webs. So I studied, I grew my own algae, I grew zooplankton in an incubator, um, I studied freshwater jellyfish, that was kind of my world for about six years. When I graduated, I took a postdoc position at the Center for Environmental Policy and Management, which is housed in the Sociology Department at UofL. 
So I spent three years there really focused on policy, community engagement, so getting people involved in these different environmental issues. I did a lot of translation of very technical and scientific material into understandable language for the community, learned how to communicate that. And at the center, we also were the contractor for the city on their Brownfields redevelopment program. So we did a lot of work with Louisville Metro at the time, doing community engagement, helping community members understand what are Brownfields, how do you clean them up, what can be done with them afterwards, what are the impacts on your community. And so I really got my feet into community engagement um, and a lot more of that science communication. My grant funding ran out, as it does, um, and so I took a full-time position with Louisville Metro government. So they were looking for someone to run that Brownfields program, and so it was an automatic fit. I was already familiar with it and the grants that they were working um, and a lot of the work that was done there. So I've been with Louisville Metro on the 15th. It was my four-year anniversary at Metro, and sometimes it feels like I've been there forever. So I still teach part-time at the University of Louisville in the biology department. I teach an intro science class, one of the big, large lectures. Um, I have like 200 students, so it's non-science majors. Um, it's a course I really enjoy teaching because I can talk to them. You know, I don't care if they know the steps of photosynthesis. I care if they know how climate change impacts our food, right? So I, I really get to do a lot of that in my class. But today I want to talk about my role at Metro. So let me start by kind of laying the groundwork. I'm going to talk a little bit about sustainability. There have been some questions about Louisville's sustainability efforts since our budget cuts over the summer. Um, so I want to talk about what we're doing, the efforts that we're making to address sustainability issues. And then I want to tie it into my actual job title, which is Brownfields Program Manager, and talk about how Brownfields really ties together issues of sustainability, clean soil, community engagement, and environmental justice. Uh, most people don't understand how I do both of those, and I think I can hopefully show you how that all fits together very nicely. So Advanced Planning and Sustainability, um, we recently renamed our office. As you may know, um, if you live here in Louisville, last year we had some severe budget cuts in the city to the tune of about $25 million that we had to, to make up in our budget. And unfortunately, the freestanding Office of Sustainability was a casualty of that budget process. So the director was laid off. However, all of the initiatives and programs in sustainability were moved into my office, the Office of Advanced Planning. So Advanced Planning does long-range strategic planning for the city. We did the 20-year comprehensive plan. We did Louisville's multimodal transportation plan. We do corridor plans, neighborhood plans. We look at a lot of things, you know, looking out 10, 20, 50 years even, thinking about what are our big goals, what are our aspirations for the city, and what are the steps we take to get there. So we took in the sustainability initiatives. The two sustainability program managers um, were brought into our office. Um, so now we cover sustainability, neighborhood planning, brownfields, multimodal, and public art. So we rebranded as the Office of Sustainability, I'm sorry, the Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability to kind of show that commitment to keep doing those things that we were doing. So did anybody participate in the climate strike on September 20th? Awesome. Uh, so that was a, a big day for us, for the globe, obviously, but for Louisville as well. So as I'll show in a minute, Mayor Fisher has always been concerned about climate change. That's why he started the Office of Sustainability, and it's been the drive behind a lot of our initiatives. But the student-led climate strike, I think, really lit a fire under this administration. The students that organized that met with the mayor, and they had a couple of demands. They wanted him to sign a pledge to not take any campaign money from fossil fuel industry, and they wanted him to declare a climate emergency, which has been happening across the U.S. I think over 80 cities have declared a climate emergency. Um, and after deliberation, he agreed to both. So at the strike, he declared a climate emergency. 
Just a brief clip from that. He said, this climate emergency requires that we respond with the same focus and urgency that our police, fire, EMS professionals respond to a 911 call. So really elevating this as an issue that cannot be put on the back burner, can't wait until times are better, but we really have to do this head on. At that climate strike, he also signed the No Fossil Fuel Money Pledge that the students had proposed. It was a little damp because it was raining, but he did sign it. But his interest in addressing climate change in Louisville goes way back. So he founded the Office of Sustainability in 2012, and as a result of that, in 2016, he signed on to what's called the Global Covenant of Mayors. This is an agreement between mayors across the globe that says that our local jurisdiction will adhere to the goals of the Paris Climate Accords regardless of what our state or federal governments do, right? So as a city, Louisville and many other cities say that we're going to work to keep warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius. We're going to make every effort to do that. And there are some steps that you have to take when you sign on to that covenant. So it addresses both climate action and climate adaptation. So the climate action is really about mitigating greenhouse gases, right? So the requirements are to complete a greenhouse gas inventory for your city. Where are your emissions coming from? What sectors are producing them? You then have to establish a reduction target. And then lastly, you create an action plan, an emissions reduction plan, or how are you going to meet that target that you set? The other half of that is climate adaptation. So even if we stopped producing greenhouse gases tomorrow, we are still going to see climate change for the next 50 to 100 years because of the emissions that have already been put into the atmosphere. So we know that changes are already happening and there are more coming. The climate action helps us limit those impacts, right? It can be really bad. It can be not so bad if we take action. The adaptation is how, as a city, are we going to adapt and survive these changes that are coming, especially our most vulnerable populations. So the first half, um, in 2016, after we signed on, the first thing was an emissions reduction, or I'm sorry, a greenhouse gas inventory. So we had done one in 2010, so we had some baseline data, which then we were able to compare with the 2016 data. And this is just um, shows where, what are the biggest sectors contributing to our greenhouse gas emissions. Now, we could argue that it all ultimately comes from our electricity generation, but this is about usage. So who is using that generation that is producing greenhouse gas. So as you can see here are residential buildings and commercial, that's more than half. So this is talking about just running a building, keeping it warm, keeping it cool, keeping the lights on, whether it's commercial or residential, that's half of our greenhouse gas emissions. Um, another big factor is our transportation. So if you look at on-road, so that's your cars, trucks, trains, off-road are things like planes, barges, um, and things like that. So if you combine that, that's about 19% of our greenhouse gas emissions. So this tells us where do we need to target those efforts, right? We need to find specific strategies for these specific sectors to reduce those emissions. So we set a, a target um, to reduce emissions 80% by 2050. So that's 80% from what they are in 2016. We want to be 80% below that by 2050. Now this is a science-based target. It is a very common target that's been adopted by cities across the globe. Um, I know with the IPCC findings last year, we need to speed that up a little bit, right? We need to make some significant changes by 2030. So we're looking at how can we not only meet this goal, but beat this goal. How can we start making significant changes in the next 11 years so that we are well on the road to 80% or maybe 100% by 2050? 
Oh, and let me just say about the emissions reduction. So we will be releasing our emissions reduction plan that lays out the strategies of how we'll get to that goal by October 25th. That is going to be released in draft form, and we are going to take public comment on that until the end of November. So we would love to have input. So if you have ideas, if you have even bold ideas, we, we want to hear those. Um, and we'll be looking at taking in all that feedback, and then if we need to, editing and making adjustments to our plan. But we want to see what we have community support for. So be on the lookout for that. And Martha, I'll certainly share that with you to, to pass that around. So the other half of the covenant for mayors is um, their climate adaptation. So some of you joined in on this process. This is started with identifying the hazards that Louisville will face as climate changes. So essentially, the consultants that we hired took our 300-page hazard mitigation plan, which lists every hazard that Louisville Metro faces, from landslides to tornadoes to earthquakes to severe storms. And they looked to see, all right, where are our biggest threats? How do we prepare for those? So the consultants took that document and then looked at it with a climate change lens and said, which of these are going to be exacerbated by the changes we know are coming? And I identified several that are already occurring or are highly likely to get worse. So things like extreme heat, whether that's, you know, um, higher minimum temperatures for the day where it doesn't get below, say, 75, um, to those higher maximum temperatures in the summer and the effects that that has on people's health, their breathing, cardiovascular health. Um, also severe winter storms. So we all think of climate change meaning we get less snow. And while winter temperatures are warmer, we also expect more precipitation. And if that more precipitation comes in the winter, it may come as snow. So that's something we have to be prepared for. Also increasing flood in frequency and intensity. And one that was not identified in the hazard mitigation plan and why we go through this exercise is air quality. So we already have um, some challenges in Louisville around air quality, simply because of the way our geography is. We sit in a big bowl. We don't get a lot of wind currents moving things out. Um, so we have some issues, for example, with ozone, and that's only going to get worse. That has a direct impact on people with breathing issues, whether it's asthma or respiratory illness or COPD. So this was a great exercise to do. So this was added as an addendum to our hazard mitigation plan. And when we update it, there will be specifically, every time we update it, a section on climate change. So that was the first step. We're still going through that process to um, identify vulnerabilities. So where are we um, most vulnerable? What populations will be most affected? We're in the developing strategy stages. We had three public open houses to get input. Um, and we'll be completing that plan by the end of 2019. It, as well, will be released to the public for public comment so that you will still have a chance to give your input on that. So, again, be on the lookout for that. Things are moving quickly. listening to Bench Talk, the week in science here on WFMP 106.5 FM here in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, let's get back to hearing from Dr. Allison S. Smith, Brownfield's Program Manager and Community Engagement Strategist for Louisville Metro's Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability.
Urban Heat Island. A few years ago, we invited Dr. Brian Stone from Georgia Tech to come and do basically a heat management study in Louisville. And what he found after studying this, you know, in 50 cities across the U.S., is that Louisville has the fastest growing urban heat island. So what that means is within the city limits, right here within Jefferson County, is up to 10 degrees hotter than surrounding more rural areas, right? That's that urban heat that's generated from lack of tree canopy, hard surfaces that absorb heat. Think of all the cars and industry that put off waste heat. So you have this island effect where it's hotter right around the city. Um, as you can see, this is um, really significantly worse in the west and south end where we have the lowest tree canopy. We have the highest, or the most of our industries are located. So this is an ongoing challenge. Um, we have up to, I believe, 86 additional heat-related deaths that can be attributed to our urban heat island. So this is, you know, a public health issue, not just quality of life, but, you know, people's actual um, mortality rates. So to address that, we have several big initiatives. Now, obviously, anything we do to mitigate greenhouse gases and adapt to climate will probably help with this, right? If we're reducing emissions, we're reducing that effect. And one of the big strategies to reduce emissions is to plant trees. So we've been doing that for a long time. Part of the Office of Sustainability was the Division of Community Forestry. So Louisville has an arborist, an urban forester, who not only plants trees but maintains the trees in Metro. We do free tree giveaways. So for example, there is one on November 16th from 9 to 11 a.m. in the Louisville Zoo parking lot. You can get up to five trees. Um, and these are nice sized trees, you know, three to five gallon buckets. And you just have to be a resident of Jefferson County and plant them on private property. So every effort that we do to increase that tree canopy does several things. It reduces the urban heat island. It improves quality of life for the residents who live near that. Um, we know that when there are trees planted, people walk more. We even see lower crime rates. We see all sorts of benefits to planting trees. And again, they absorb CO2. So they will help us hit that reduction target by 2050. Another way to address urban heat is reducing impervious surfaces. So if you look at a map, you can see pretty clearly that about 60% of downtown Louisville, so in the central business district, about 60% is surface parking lots. That is a lot of surface parking lots that absorb heat, that contribute to stormwater runoff. That means that that water is not getting absorbed. So there are several issues around that. It's not that easy to just go in and start tearing up parking lots, but a goal of our comprehensive plan, which is the city's strategic 20-year plan, is to try to minimize impervious surfaces. So lowering parking requirements so that when you build a new development, you don't need as big a parking lot. Taking out unneeded pavement where possible, um, that's all gonna help us reduce the urban heat island. In addition, we have a very successful cool roof rebate program. So one of the contributing factors to the urban heat island are roofs of buildings absorb heat, right? So think of a big flat warehouse that may be several thousand square feet and it's usually just a black tar. That black tar sucks in that heat and holds onto it and it makes things much hotter. It increases your energy use in that building and it affects everyone around you. So a few years ago, we developed a cool roof rebate program. So this is for residents or commercial. You can get up to a dollar a square foot rebate, up to $2,000 when you are replacing your roof if you use a cool roof. So this would be a, an Energy Star certified. So you can do cool asphalt shingles that are lighter in color. Um, instead of doing black tar, you can do a white flat roof. And then there are also cool metal roofs as well that reflect heat instead of absorbing it. 
So you, we get the benefits as a city, but it also reduces your energy costs 7 to 15% just to keep your, your building cooler. We are targeting the districts that showed up in this map. So we are targeting Metro Council districts where that urban heat is the worst. We set aside 70% of our cool roof rebate funds for those districts. The other 30% can be used anywhere else in Jefferson County. So this year we still have money left for our targeted districts. So check out your Metro Council district that you live in and see if we still have that available. We also are still doing our Energy Project Assessment District, or EPAD. This is a way to finance energy efficiency upgrades in commercial buildings. So a big part of that greenhouse gas emissions reduction is to become more energy efficient. The less energy we use, the less greenhouse gas emissions we have. So that can be expensive, right? And it's an upfront investment that a company has to do, whether it's a new HVAC, a new roof, whatever. So this is a way to get that finance at a very reasonable rate so that companies can do that and then be able to see that return on investment over the years. So we're working on expanding that program even further. There are other metro efforts. We partner with Trees Louisville and Louisville Grows to do tree plantings, particularly in the neighborhoods that need it most. Um, we work closely with Air Pollution Control District. Um, you know, a lot of these issues that we're dealing with at Metro overlap with the Air Pollution Control District. Anything we do to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, reduce vehicle miles traveled, will help them in getting down ozone levels. Mayor does a hike, bike, and paddle twice a year to get people on the road using their bike. This Sunday, we have Cycluvia, which is where we close down Bargetown Road from Highland Avenue to Douglas Loop. There are no cars on it. You can bike, you can skate, you can dance, whatever. It's from 2 to 6. This is very common in cities in other countries. So there are cities in Europe that their main plazas are shut down to cars all the time. There are some that are shut down on weekends, um, and it just makes it much more pedestrian-friendly, and it improves air quality. So we're just trying to get people used to that idea that, yes, you, you can have a street that is just for pedestrians, and look what that does for people's quality of life, for the businesses on that corridor, right, who, um, instead of driving 45 miles down the road, you're walking by, and you're stopping and um, stopping in those businesses. So stop by and join us, Bargetown Road, Highland to Douglas, this Sunday from 2 to 6. And then some... Uh, bigger ways that we're incorporating sustainability. Beyond just the Office of Sustainability and now the Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability, we've tried to make this a core principle in all of the work that we do. This is Plan 2040, so this is our 20-year strategic plan. We had five guiding principles for that entire plan, and one of them was sustainability. So every aspect of planning that we do for the city, we have to use a sustainability lens and say, how is this gonna affect climate change, how will this affect the environment, and what can we do to mitigate that? Our multimodal transportation plan, right, that is tied very closely to air quality and to greenhouse gas emissions. Remember, about 19% of our emissions come from vehicles. So what can we do to reduce those emissions? Well, we can reduce vehicle miles traveled. About 86% of all car rides in Louisville are single occupant. So one person driving in a car to and from work every day. How do we change that? Well, it's not easy. Louisville is a car-centric city. We have a lot of sprawl. But in Move Louisville, when we did this project, when we did this plan, we looked at 16 different projects, and they all have the goal of reducing the number of vehicle miles traveled. Um, we're making progress on all of those. So for example, you may have seen the first bus rapid transit line is coming to Louisville. It'll run on Dixie Highway from the Gene Snyder all the way downtown. 
So this is a way to increase transit use. I don't know if any of you ride TARC. Um, it can be very difficult um, and it can be a long ride to get, for example, from one side of the county to the other. One way to increase transit use and make it more efficient are bus rapid transit lines. So these are bus lines that run every 10 to 15 minutes. And so that means that you don't need to look at a schedule to know that a bus is coming. You can go out to the stop and know that within 15 minutes a bus will come. The stops are further away, um, but they do run more frequently. And we're hoping that this will increase the use of transit and make it more efficient and just more usable for people who are maybe going from downtown to out in the county. Now we're doing a Broadway master plan. So we're looking at Broadway, which is in some places seven lanes wide. It is a highway and it is hot and it is fast. So looking at it from Shawnee Park all the way to Baxter Avenue, what can we do to make that more user-friendly, to make it friendly for pedestrians, for bikes, for transit? Um, we've got a lot of space to work with. You know, we can still keep traffic moving and make space for other users. There are a lot of accidents on Broadway, or I should say collisions on Broadway, and a lot of that is due to speed. So there are things that as urban planners we can do to slow that down. All of that helps improve air quality and address climate change. So it's all kind of tied together, all of this work. So in my mind, um, I'm looking at sustainability being absorbed by advanced planning in a very positive light, right? We still have all of the sustainability efforts, but by having those housed within our office, that means that every plan that we do will have sustainability and trees baked into it from the beginning. And I think that that's how we're really gonna move change is to have that be a part of everything we do. That was Dr. Allison S. Smith, Community Engagement Strategist and Brownfield's Program Manager in Louisville Metro's Office of Advanced Planning and Sustainability. Sorry that we couldn't get through the entire talk on this half-hour show, but we'll broadcast the second part on next week's show, so check it out. We do want to thank Beth Bell and Dr. Martha Carlson Mazur of the Department of Environmental Studies at Bellarmine University for making this broadcast of the lecture even possible. Let's hear it for all of us doing what we can to protect this precious environment. After all, it's the only one we have. That's the show this week. Thank you for listening to Bench Talk, The Week in Science. We think the world is a fascinating place, and science is a good way to explore it. Science truly empowers all of us. If you want to learn more about the show, go to our Facebook page. Just search for Bench Talk, two words on Facebook. You can also email us at benchtalkradio at gmail.com. That's one word benchtalkradio at gmail.com Now all of our episodes are podcasted on SoundCloud so just visit the station's website at www.forwardradio.org and scroll down to the program archives that's 
forwardradio.org to listen to any of our old episodes. If you live outside of the Louisville broadcast area, you can still listen to us on live stream at that same website, www.forwardradio.org. This show is broadcast on WFMP LP 106.5 FM every Monday at 7.30 p.m. That's Eastern Time, 11.30 a.m. every Tuesday, and 7.30 a.m. every Wednesday. Thank you for listening to WFMPLP 106.5 FM, your grassroots, volunteer-run, listener-supported community radio station in Louisville, Kentucky, where there is still a little room for evidence-based rational analysis. Thank you.